This was brought to you by The Storyteller on YouTube and Facebook. Seven. The next few weeks and months were some of the most wonderful of my life. My only fear was that somehow, something would take such great happiness from me. Uncle Vanta had a rough teepee-style tent made of long sticks cut from the wood and pushed into the ground to make a pyramid shape. Over the outside were stretched several pieces of overlapping coarse linen and bits of serge material. The cone center was open to the sky because immediately under it we would sometimes have a fire, either for warmth or bits of cooking, though mostly cooking was done on another fire outside. Sometimes, when the rain was bad and we had no fire, Uncle Vanta threw a piece of canvas over the cone to keep the water out. Our mattresses were dried grasses perfumed with meadowsweet. His primitive wagon was a chemist's shop and storeroom as also was the area under it and next to the dog, but we never slept in it because it was jammed full of his medical things. We would sit throughout the evening and into the night whilst he told me, oh so many things, folk stories full of heroes and villains, fairies and giants, stories about my own family's history, and the things that had happened to us, good and bad, in the past. I learned of our alliances with other extended families, and why it was largely good for gypsies to trust each other, but with a few notable exceptions. He taught me Slovak, enough to hold a reasonable conversation with someone anyway. Above all, I learned more of Granny V, and why she was considered so important, she was the new Puri D.Y. after the death of the last one. That came as a surprise, but not a huge one, because of the massive welcome she got from everyone at our first arrival. With the Shero Ron, she was therefore our leader in all things. Above all, she imparted wisdom and knowledge, healing and folk medicine, knowledge of animals and birds, and their ways, and how to respect them, and not least her second sight, which she used to guide the Shero Ron when it was necessary. Every day, Uncle Vanta took me deep into the woods to show me plants which were useful for healing. I learned to make ointments, poultices, anesthetics, even a type of cotton wool dressing from plants. I learned how to find birds' nests and from them take, if needs must, one but only one egg, without disturbing the other eggs so the adult bird did not realize. He taught me to respect all animals and birds and never to harm any unless it was essential that I had to. He even banned harming insects. I hated wasps having been stung several times in England, but he just left them alone, and they seemed never to trouble him. These he adored, and had me watch them closely through an old magnifying glass so I could see them in the flowers, feeding with their long tongues or collecting pollen or nectar for their young. He taught me to never breathe on them as in bee culture it is considered very rude. I actually learned to hold my breath for long spells as a result. Sometimes, when we were on a woodland path, we would come face to face with a snake. One which was a sort of blue-gray color. But uncle said it was totally harmless. Another, copper-red, was likewise. The only one of any danger was the adder. When we met one, uncle would take off his hat and give the snake a great bow. Excuse us, my brother, he would say. May we come past you? 
and within a few moments the snake would slither into the long grass and allow us through. We often saw deer red, fallow and roe, and they trusted uncle so much that he could feed them by hand. He was very against anyone killing them to eat, but sometimes he would find antlers which had fallen off, and these he prized both as tools and as simple medical instruments. There were many foxes, and it was common to notice them watching us. Uncle said there were wolves and bears in the woods, but I never saw any, though I once saw a lynx. One day, we were picking toadstools for teeth Uncle knew exactly which were safe, when there was a rustle in the undergrowth, and a large boar stood before us, two baby piglets by its side. Ah, said Uncle. Climb a tree quickly. And I needed no second invitation. He did not, however, follow but just stood stock still. The boar approached him, smelt him, and then walked on with its young. He signaled me to come back down. People have been so cruel for so long to the boars that they think all humans are enemies to be destroyed. They know me and know I am harmless, but they do not yet know you and would have attacked you. Treat them with great respect. I always did and they eventually got used to me, and though they were always wary of me, they never attacked. The other great lesson I learned from him was which plants and fruits and nuts were safe to eat, and when the great morning of our people happened, that knowledge was so important to help us to survive as wild creatures ourselves in the wood. There are so many things you can safely eat, and in season lots of variety, angelica, wild roots, nettles, dandelion, acorn bread as well as lots of nuts and wild fruits to name but a few. We used to dry herbs and plants, hanging them from the low branches of trees and bushes, but some plants, like nettle tops which he stored for his animals, we simply spread on the grass and let dry in the sun. He had two goats and dozens of chickens. Strangely, with foxes in the woods, he never ever lost a single hen to my knowledge, but he said that was because hens were not as stupid as people thought, and they roosted high in the branches of trees. I suppose they could have flown off had they wished, but then, why should they when they were with Vanta? They supplied us with masses of eggs and occasionally, when a bird was old and Vanta decided it was suffering, he'd wring its neck and put it into a slow cooking stew pot. But we ate little meat otherwise, though at the main camp meat was almost always on the menu, and I did not then mind it. The old brown dog with its long floppy ears, which Vanta had given the name dog to, never seemed to move from its place under a cart. Several times I sat by it and stroked it and talked to it, but though it would lift its head and cast mournful eyes on me, it never responded. Did not think it was much of a life for a dog until Vanta explained it was well over 20 years old and that dog had earned a long rest. Vanta's donkey was not much better, it spent almost all its time grazing and totally ignoring people, especially me. I don't know what happened to it. This was brought to you by The Storyteller on YouTube and Facebook. Listen to our podcast on any of these platforms. Anchor. Breaker. Overcast. Pocket Casts. Radio Public. Spotify. Support us on Patreon. And check us out on Discord. 
All the links can be found in the video description below. We thank you for your participation. If you enjoyed please like, subscribe, share, make comments. We love feedback.